You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1050 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Saturday evening and a bit of an interesting recording slot. I don't often post the podcast on Saturday, but this time was a special occasion. I recorded for about 90 minutes with front of the podcast, Tower Jones. You're about to hear part one of that conversation. And part two will be coming probably Sunday night into Monday. But take it behind the curtain a little bit. Part one is a little bit more time sensitive. Some free agency stuff. Some DeLon Wright talk about the trade. And by the way, I had an emergency podcast on Friday. In fact, two episodes on Friday. If you missed any of that, still available for you in the feed. But Tyler and I talked about that for about a half hour, as you're about to hear. And then we'll have about an hour on the NBA draft um, that's dropping on Sunday night into Monday with Sharif Cooper, Jalen Johnson, etc. Uh, before I get into the audio with Tyler, I want to take a second to implore you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. We are very, very glad to have you. If you've been listening for a while and enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show. Also, in terms of uh, the calendar coming up, um, the Hawks have free agency. It begins on Monday, as the entire rest of the league does, and then we'll get into all kinds of summer league stuff the following week, as I've been traveling, so I'm still on the road at this moment in time, but hopefully the podcasts that you've been appreciating are still dropping in your feed, and I want to go ahead and plug one more time all of the content that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. I had a live draft reaction show, and then the DeLon Wright episode, etc., and also some background on Johnson and Cooper in the feed, and of course, Tyler and I talked about that a lot coming up later. So I posted part one now as sort of an early teaser episode. Hopefully that's appreciated by the listeners over the weekend. And then part two will be available for your Monday morning commute. Uh, all right, before we get to the podcast with Tyler, I work from our sponsors. And when we come back from that, uh, it'll be myself and Tyler Jones. I am joined now by friend of the podcast, Tyler Jones. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, what's going on, Brad? Um, I got I got good news uh, for Hawks fans. It looks like free agency is over. <laughs> uh, no, apparently it's one of those apparently it's been going on yeah apparently it's been going on for the last three weeks or so probably explains what how the draft went for certain teams including the hawks so um yeah i mean but but other than that you know i'm good you know it's just works whipping my butt i know it's been whipping your butt and uh it has we couldn't we couldn't do it all we they were, people were like, yo, can't, we got to get you on the pod for draft night. I'm like, whew, I don't know, man. The draft is... Yeah, I recorded at like... Uh, I'm, I'm in the central time zone right now for work. And I, I think I recorded at like 12.30 or 1 central. And yeah, it was it would have it 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 been a tough ask. So I appreciate you doing this. We're actually recording this on Saturday night, which is not a normal re- recording time for me, but... It worked out, and I appreciate your flexibility. We had to do this quickly. I wanted to get you on the on the pod before free agency, as much as that is uh, what you said before is correct. Uh, the tampering season is always funny. You know, I always hear I'm not like Woj or anything, but I, I always hear about some stuff that's like pretty much done, and that's that's the case uh, this year. There's 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 some stuff that's that's out there on, on the rumor mill, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting time right now. We're in that three day period this year between the draft and free agency, like Atlanta. Obviously has some stuff, some stuff to do. The John Collins stuff at the top of the list, as you and I have discussed many times. Um, but they also made a trade, uh, which I wanted to ask you about before we get to some draft stuff, because I know you got takes on uh, on Joe Johnson and Sharif Cooper. That's for sure. That's coming. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so like, yeah, they made a trade. At first, I thought it was for Hawks legend Tristan Thompson. Yeah, um, what, what what a run by Tristan in Atlanta. That was a fun ooh. like three hours. Not even. It would have made it would have made that shirt uh, uh, prescient. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Somebody tweeted it that somebody had printed a Hawks playoff we believe shirt, and for some reason it had Tristan Thompson in it in Hawks uniform. <laughs> like I don't know if you remember that, but that was a thing that somebody has a shirt of. I think I do remember that actually is like a Twitter thing. Yeah, that, that was real. That actually existed. Yeah, yeah, that shirt. I'm I'm I have to assume that shirt is real. It might. Like, why would anybody doctor Tristan yeah, Thompson? Yeah, it seems kind of silly to make that up for no reason. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, so, but um, if, at first I hated that. I was like, if if that was just a trade, I'm like, what are the, like, why would we spend $9 million on a guy who's not going to play most nights? Like, I get it, Okongu is hurt, and he's going to miss half the season, but like, if you remember the regular season, it's not like a Congo was racking up 15 minutes a night. You know, the, the backup center was, for all intents and purposes, John Collins or Danilo Gallinari. Like, they were they were running a three-man big unit, and then having a Congo just, you know, play for like three minutes at a time each half or, or whatever. I'm so glad you uh, said that, by the way, just because we'll get into it probably at some point, but there is this notion that the Hawks have, I mean, it, it is a hole. They have to sign somebody or acquire somebody there. But, like, people want to use the MLE on a center. And it's like, why? Well, no, why, why would they do that? I mean, I, I guess if, Col- if Collins left, which I think is unlikely, then they'd have some questions Spoilers. to answer. Um, but, you know, with, with John there, like, he's going to play some center. And then Capella plays 30 minutes a night. Like, yeah, if you get an injury, you need a guy. But uh, I, I, yeah. I'm with you. There's no reason to spend real resources at backup center um, when you have and, Kong on the roster. And again, and like, I was, I don't think I was even on when a, when it came out that a Kongu uh, needed shoulder surgery, but the type of surgery that he needs isn't like uh, a torn labrum. Uh, I've had that surgery. I, and I've known others to have that surgery. I played football. Uh like it's it's a non it's a non thing. Like you, you'll he'll get the rehab and then in like five months he'll be fine and then you know he'll just get, need like a month or two to get his strength back. Basically that that's 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 what's going on with that. So and he's a basketball player too. Like it shouldn't be too big of a concern. I just got to shout out to him for being tough as tough as nails playing through that because. Uh, a labrum hurts and every time you injure it i know i don't know if it was as severe uh for him as it was for me but like i know for me personally it felt like my arm was being uh yanked out out of its socket every time so well the fact that he played the playoffs with that injury is uh fairly fairly impressive and it also explains why he would sometimes struggle like with Todd gibson how he would how Todd was just grabbing him and holding him and like he couldn't like break away for some reason and Dwight Howard got him at one time, but then he kind of figured Dwight out. But, like, it kind of explains stuff like that because, I mean, when you're dealing with such a – like a severe injury like that, that caught, the biggest thing is the pain. Like, it, it – like, it just hurt. Like, it, it's just like a mental thing. And it, and it was pretty impressive that it really didn't affect him. Um, so that, that, was, that was great to see for him. But, um, yeah, I mean – like backup center is not a not an issue for this team. Like they they'll sign a big guy who can eat up minutes. I, ideally, 
um, it'll be somebody relatively young, right? Um, with, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the center market is going to look like. We just got to wait and see. There, there are a lot of names, and like I'm confident that some of them are going to be for the minimum somewhere. And also, as much as this might sound strange, the Hawks may not be super appealing for some of these guys because they know a Congo is coming back. Like exactly. I know, I know. There's the other side of it is that the Hawks are good. And it's and they're in a good market, so maybe guys would like to play in Atlanta and just kind of be along for the ride at some point as well. But it's kind of a double-edged sword because everyone knows that if Akongu is healthy, he's going to play. So there's probably like a level of guy where they may they might be scared off a little bit by that. And then they also know that even if Akongu isn't healthy or isn't they playing, like if Capella, yeah. if Capella and Collins are healthy and Gallinari, like it's a small role. It just is. I mean, you're just not going to play. And they, I, and they and they drafted a power, like they drafted another big in J- Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I'm trying to downplay oh, that. So. I mean, not, not not I mean, not to pour like water on anybody. I just don't think that. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe they'll spin on this, but I, I think it's more likely to be a pretty unsexy name that the Hawks bring in to fill that role. And that for me is totally fine. Like, I this is the name that's like the most boring name possible, but like a Bismack Biombo type. Like maybe a little bit better than that, but he's very boring. But he's like a professional defender who can like go play eight minutes for you in a pinch. Like someone like that. It's not sexy at all. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do better than that. Maybe it's like Dwayne Deadman, old pal, old, old pal Dwayne Deadman or something like that. Hawks legend Dwayne Deadman. But it won't be like Norman's Noel. It's not going to be like a no. sexy name like Daniel Tice. He's not coming to Atlanta to play that role. He's just, those guys are not coming. Alex Lynn returns. He's on. He's on my. He's on my. He's on my long list. I've always been higher on Lynn than everybody else for whatever reason. But uh, Man. I, I, I would love to see the reaction if the Hawks sign Alex Lynn. The fan base would not be very happy with that. But uh, anyway, uh, we're off the rails. But I wanted to ask you about Delon Wright. So, what'd you make of the deal once it actually became Delon Wright? Because uh, I think b- by your reaction, you were probably uh, more happy about that than it actually was with Tristan Thompson. Yeah, it, it went from. It went from me rationalizing, well, at least they got two roster spots, which is what they're going to need, uh, right? Because they were wait, like, I mean, Bruno Fernando, Bruno Fernando, and uh, Chris Dunn just weren't going to play next year. Uh, like, they just weren't going to. They they had no role on the team, but they were on guaranteed contracts, and so. We had to give up a second round pick and take Tristan Thompson. I thought that was like just a non-value play. Uh, but then to turn that into Dylan Wright, you know, one of the better uh, backup point guards in the NBA, you know, that's a win. Um, Dylan Wright's just good. Like he's just a good basketball player, decent shooter. He'll run the offense. He's a professional. He's big. So like, he and Trey can play on the floor together. And it also gives the Hawks just another guy who can do something with the ball in their hands, yep. off, you know, off the dribble. That's something, just an additional guy who can play playoff minutes, play maybe five, ten minutes uh, in the playoffs, but or or even more than that. But, you know, you can be comfortable with, with that person with the ball in their hands. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a quality role player. Right. And for a team that's trying to, you know, compete for a championship, I know Travis Link is (laughs) trying to tamper down uh, expectations, but I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. But like, you know, you need (laughs) you need you need Dylan Wright's tights, you know, coming off your bench being like, I'd rather that be my ninth, tenth man than what was what they were doing last year, which was Solomon Hill, Tony Snell, bail us out, please. Like 
Dylan Wright's just a, an aggressive upgrade over over what what the Hawks were doing beforehand. And if you combine that with Sharif Cooper, like now you turn point guards outside of Trey Young from a weakness to a strength. Like backup point guard minutes. Like even your th- you upgraded your backup point guard and you upgraded your third point guard. Like yeah, well, and I, my thing is, and I've said this forever, so my apologies. I know I've repeated myself on this to everybody, but I'm going to say it one more time here, and maybe maybe another time later on. The ideal backup point guard for Trey Young, or at least having someone on the roster, is someone who is six five, like Delon Wright, who can play defense and can make an open jumper. He's not a great shooter, but like having a guy that can do both is really, really nice. And then, of course, you you have Sharif to kind of take it slowly. I know we're going to get to him in a second, and I know I'm high on him. You're even higher than I am, I think. Um, everybody's high on Sharif Cooper. Like that's, But he's still a, a one-and-done guy who can't shoot right now. Like He's not going to be able to come in and be your every down back at point guard next year. He should, that, that was I mean, uh, the great thing is, like, you know, there's no expectations for Cooper now. And that's what you want. You and that's Dylan the whole Wright, thing. Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, uh, potentially – Possibly Lou Will. You can play. You, back, you can play Delon right. I mean, know, not 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 at the three necessarily, but he could guard. Like he can guard wings. Like not great, but he's legitimately a pretty good defender who's six five and strong. Like that kind of flexible piece. And also, if you know, if Sharif or Lou or whoever they bring in, um, if that guy has it rolling, if, like if if Sharif just like is blowing everybody away by April and forces his way on the court. You could just not play Delon Wright, or you can play him exactly. like seven minutes a game. Like he's an expiring contract, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like he's not a guy who that, you, that you're committed to long term, and that's something I love about this is that it's a one year thing. So yeah, it's only a one year thing, but it's also that's a positive in some respects because you can let Cooper take his time. Ideally, you groom him, and he plays in College Park some, and you get him some playing time, and maybe he's ready to go at the end of the year. And if not, like Delon Wright is a playoff caliber backup point guard. Like he's he's pretty good. <laughs> Yep, and he's going to really help during the the long stretches of the regular season where maybe maybe somebody doesn't have it going, and Nate just has another option on his bench. Like, all right, where where where's uh where's Dylan Wright? Like, play him at the two for whatever reason. Like, we we just need we need more additional ball handling. Play Trey and Dylan Wright together. Like, he just has more options. That's as a coach, that's what you want, right? You just want to be versatile. Because yep. team, every team is so different, and like the NBA, more than ever, like the teams that are good are just able to beat you in different ways, right? Like they just have different options. They like and their scheme, defensive schemes are different, and they'll switch it up from night to night. And sometimes you got to switch up what you're doing on offense to counter. And so just having another option who's Again, like we said, like he's just a like Dylan Wright's just a pro. Like he's been good in this league for a long time, and you know, and the best thing about it is like if Cooper is tearing up the G League, and be like, "Yo, Cooper got to play <laughs> because he's just balling." And like, there's you know, you can just play, or or he's killing them in practice. Like you can just play Cooper. It, it, it's also no, no problem. I know we sort of get into this with the versatility and the depth, but. It goes without saying almost, but the Hawks, you know, knock on wood, the injuries won't be as bad as they were last year, but that was a good reminder of the depth that you kind of need. And Wright, 
being 6'5 means that if you get an injury to one of your wings or two of your wings for a week or two, you can start playing him at the two more more frequently. You can slide Kevin Herter to the three. You can slide Magdalene to the three. You could, it, it just gives you all kinds of options because he's a backup at shooting guard as well, basically. Like you can obviously he comes into the season, you're not you're not gonna plan on playing him a ton at the two, but the fact that he can do that if you get an injury or an in, or two injuries is really, really helpful because then you could just like, you know, use your they're gonna have a third point guard, whether it's Sharif or another guy. It could be Lou, obviously, but they have options is the way that you said it. That's that's a great way to put it, is that you give Nate choices and as as we kind of saw, I mean, they had to play Tony Snell and Solomon Hill and Skylar Mays a lot last year, like a lot of minutes on a team that was trying to win. And hopefully they won't Listen. have to go so deep this year because of all the injuries. But that was, again, a good reminder of like how things can go in an NBA season and having depth is uh, helpful. Brad, the Hawks had a must-win game against the Miami Heat. <laughs> do you remember this? I do. Like They had to win that game. Uh, or they would have, they probably, they might have, like, because they were fighting to not be in the plan. They had to win that game. Oh, yeah. And they, they were they starting. Could, they could have been the six or seven seed uh, very easily. And um, they needed Goodwin. And Goodwin was incredible that game. But, like, I mean, it just speaks, it just speaks <laughs> of, it, it just, like, that situation, if that comes up again, I'd like that to be Dylan Wright instead. And, you know? and, and, it, and, it, and it will be. That's the thing. Like, I think we both said it, but it's just worth saying. Like, he's a above average backup point guard. And that's not sexy at all. Like, he's not a terribly exciting player. I've always liked DeLon Wright. I really always have. But, like, the way to describe him is that, yeah, you don't want him to be your starter. But the Hawks have Trey Young, so who cares? Um, and, I mean, everyone, without fail, like, I can't find anybody that I trust that thinks he's not a more than capable backup point guard. And the Hawks haven't had that literally the entire time since Jeremy Lin, other than a few like Lou Williams games where he had it going. But honestly, I think DeLon Wright in 2021 is better than Lou Williams. Um, yeah. And, and they're, they're very different players. As I said last night on the show, like they actually, you could, you could have both of them and they, that works out pretty well. I think if they end up, if they had to bring Lou back, they're just so, so different that it actually kind of works. But I think but if guess you just what, like, Brad, threw the book out there, I, I'd rather have Dylan Wright personally. You can play, you can play Dylan Wright and Lou Will together. Oh, absolutely! And that lineup will work. Yeah, like, it'll put a lot of pressure off of Lou Will to just run the office instead, just be the bucket getter that he is. Like it's just like just getting somebody that big. Like the Hawks have been fiending for a guy who's like <laughs> Travis Lane since that he's drafted Trey Young has been looking praying somebody would uh be be like as good like the six four six five backup point guard that can play alongside Trey Young so they can get additional passing and playmaking and dribble penetration on the floor that they can play those two together. And they just it's just never worked. Like all the options he's tried has just never worked. And now he's got like a proven vet, you know, who's still relatively young. Like Dylan Wright's only twenty nine. Like and so like it's just it's just an easy win. All it cost was a second round pick from the Blazers, which I, I don't know how real the second round pick is, but you know. No, I mean the Hawks have, I, I the Hawks speak, have four picks speak. in that draft. The Hawks have four second round picks in twenty twenty three. So it's yeah. like yeah, it, it matters which one it is and all that stuff. But given 
you know, two years, two years away, a second round pick, even if it becomes your uh, worst case scenario, it becomes a, a, a pick in the thirties. That's it's fine. Especially when you factor and- in the roster spot creation and the fact that, as you said earlier, they probably were not going to have a huge role for either Bruno or Kristen next year. So those two things combined, the flexibility, like, yeah, you paid a little bit of a price. I'm definitely an asset guy compared to some people, but that's a reasonable asset. Like, if they traded a first-round pick in this deal, I would have been like, okay, that's probably a little bit much. But a second-rounder two years from now is fine. And also, like, seeing how what second-rounders mean now, um, like, one, it depends on the draft, but two... Second, the second round of the NBA draft in the late first isn't really based on who's the best player available, right? It's 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 more uh, guys negotiating uh, their spots. So, and also, as we saw with this last draft, because apparently everybody's just fine with certain teams trading picks for money. Uh, we just, we just, nobody back tonight uh, on that anymore, apparently. So, like, buying a draft pick is back in season now uh, for these owners or selling it. So, I mean, Schlenk probably just traded a pick that Russell was going to, you know, trade away for money. So, I mean, Tony has, uh, they have sold two picks in the Tony Wrestler era, at least, if you can, you can do the math on that. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you. Those are very fungible picks. Like, yeah, the picks in the 30s still have some value, but it's, um, not a big deal to throw that in there, I don't think, especially when they have three extra picks in that draft. Um, I mean, from here, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. We talked about backup center that they need. Um, would you be in favor? We talked about Lewis for a second, but do you think Lou should be someone that they're, that they're actively trying to bring back at a smallish number, whether it's the minimum or above that? Like, is that someone you, you would want them to sign? And if they don't do that, like, is it, is it Skylar Mays? Like, what do they do with that extra guards or is it just Sharif you just roll with Sharif like what would you want to do there mm, I, I don't I actually don't know because I we it's still you know even though free agency is over we, we don't have the information correct we don't have the information well in the two-way spots not, too that's the other thing like you know if, if you have Skylar Mays on a two-way which could happen um for people that don't know this like in order to make those guys restricted both Mays and Knight all you have to do is offer a two-way contract to them um, and they might just sign that. So, like, it's conceivable that May is on a two-way. Honestly, it's not impossible that Sharif's on a two-way. I-, I would not try to do that if I was the Hawks. I'd want to have him on a one of those hickey special deals if you can if you can do that. But they could have a point guard or a combo guard like Mays on a two-way, which opens up some flexibility too. Because Skylar Mays, I know we both kind of like Skylar Mays, like as a decent third, fourth guard. Yeah, I, I would still try to hang on to Skylar Mays, uh, ideally through a two-way contract, um, just because, you know, you already have him on one, and if you can get that one more year uh, of that value, and nobody's going to pay nobody's going to pay money, you know, to pluck Skylar Mays away from the Hawks. So I I tried to keep Skylar on the two-way, I, and, uh, and I would sign uh, Shreve to a mid-level uh, guaranteed contract. I imagine... That's prob- probably why <laughs> he slid so far, you know, into the second round. He, you know, they probably were, because I mean, that's the thing. We we'll get into w- with Sharif later, but like, I mean, Sharif's the type of talent. I, I imagine he was telling teams that he didn't want to be uh, drafted to that. He was just going to go play for Europe. For oh, real money. I I even said that. I mean, I know we talked about it on Twitter that that night. At a certain point in the draft, you're almost better off going undrafted and. 
I thought that was the case for Cooper. Obviously, it's good for the Hawks, and I, I think they should have taken him, and they did. But if you're if you're Cooper and you get beyond like the top 35, it's almost better for you in some respects to not be on a team because then that way you can sign whatever deal you want to do. The Hawks could though um, use part of their I would say I want to emphasize a small part of their MLE to give him one of those like three or four year deals where like yeah there's some guaranteed money up front but also get some non guarantees or maybe some team options later. That's kind of the leverage you have over the guy that you've drafted, which is good for the team, not the player, but it's good for the team. We'll, we'll see what contract he yeah. signs. I imagine it's going to be a bit more for somebody who's typically drafted with the 48th overall draft pick. I um, would imagine so, given the pedigree, but yeah, we'll see. But g- given the given both the talent and the fact that I think I think Cooper would have had real options to go, like, unlike unlike most guys who get drafted, like, you have European options. I think Shreve Cooper is the type of talent where a big European club would have spent real money uh, to sign him because he would have been – the best player in Europe. I know you love, I know you love to see it. Um, all right, before we get to the draft, uh, any, any final, like anybody that you have your eye on, I know like if things go the way that we think they're going to go probably like, and they just bring back John, um, there isn't going to be like a whole lot of overhaul, but anything that you like definitely want the Hawks to do in the off season, other than sign John Collins, which is implied because you love him so much. Um, Try to get that Kevin Herter extension now. Um, yeah, Herter and Trey both uh, both can be extension both can be extended as Monday other, night. Yeah, but other, other than that, not not really too much. It, might be, it might be quiet, man. I mean, honestly, yeah, I don't think. I mean, they they, they got to wait out the big man market. Well, the die I, I, the diehards I, like us will find stuff that's interesting to talk about, but there's a real possibility they just kind of run this thing back at this point. Yeah, like, um, with, with Wright obviously on the team, and and to your point, what, like what you were saying, the backup center thing, but they could just like bring back Solomon Hill, and they could bring back Skylar Mays, and uh, you know Shalat Sharif, and um, suddenly you get up close to the 15 roster spots. Like it's not like they have they might. I mean, there's going to be someone outside the organization at backup center, maybe one more, one other guy beyond that, but it might look a lot like last year's roster in some respects. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm really not – like, it, it, it's weird to say, but I'm kind of not interested now in what the Hawks are going to do because it, it's going to be, like, for some third big that, you know, may, maybe he's got some upside, like a Tony Bradley type. He's on my list. Uh, I like Tony Bradley. Or, yeah, or something like that, uh, that type of player. Um, so, but other than that, not really. I'm, I, I guess I'm more interested to see what what other what these other teams are do are are going to do. You know, with Philly and Ben Simmons, Toronto, um, with Pascal Siakam. Like, are they going to keep them? Are they going to trade them? Like, well, what's going on with over there? And also, just in general, what what the Celtics are are trying to do? Like, I. I kind of really don't understand the Josh Richardson trade that I, I don't get it. Like, I, I really don't like, I, I just feel like they're tripling down on, on not being able to consistently get into the paint and get yeah. open three point looks or I don't know what they're doing. Boston is a very, very weird. That move just, I think cause everybody thought that not everybody assumed for sure, but you know, it was like, all right, they'll, they'll bring back Fournier and that'll be it. And now they spent eight figures on Josh Richardson. And it's like, all right, I don't know what to do with that because they're not a big tax team usually. Boston does not want to pay a ton of tax if they can help it. So it's uh, very interesting that they did that. 
I, was I mean, surprised. losing losing Fournier, I, it sounded like this was like a constellation for Fournier, but I'm like, man, this is all y'all could do. Well, Fournier is a better do- fit too. Like, even if you believe yeah. Richardson like as a bounce back guy, maybe like Fournier with his shooting is a way better fit with what Boston has than Richardson is. Like, if you're gonna play Marcus Smart and he he can obviously shoot, um, oh, he obviously will shoot, but they they don't have a ton of force spacing all the time, especially if you're going to start playing Robert Williams and whatever else. I mean, but beyond that, they just don't like, to me, I look at their roster. I'm like, what, what do you, what do you, what's the game plan to get easy looks for this team? They don't really have one. I mean, their point guard guard is who at this moment? (laughs) I mean, they traded, they traded Kimball Walker. And like when Kimball was out there, at least the offense made sense. Now I I just don't like, I don't know how they're going to attack, you know, defenses, defenses in today's NBA if you're not going to, you know, if if you don't have somebody, if you don't have a point guard. Like, people say Marcus Smart's a point guard. I'm like, okay. Marcus Smart is not somebody you want to be running pick and roll with on a regular basis. Like, and I, I, I get that the Celtics aren't necessarily a pick and roll team, but uh, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not a fan of what they're doing. Um, I think I just, in general, think they sh- they they're kind of wasting Jason Tatum's time uh, to me and uh, Jalen Brown. So that's that's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do next next uh, you know this off season just to see how they round out round out the squad. Oh yeah, because they they traded a, to get Al Horford back. Yes, they sure did. Play power forward. I think he's, I think I think I think he's going to play center. I think he's going to play center. But I all right. I think that's or, or Robert Williams is going to come off the bench. You know the the one good, literally the one good non lottery pick Danny Ainge made so. <laughs> in, in his entire tenure in Boston. No, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. There's some interesting stuff happening around in the East, and you know it's not too early for this. I, I would say, but like you know, the Hawks Hawks fans have their eyes on the teams that are at that top level, which is you know your Milwaukee as the reigning champs, and you talk about. Philly's got some weirdness again. Uh, Brooklyn's doing stuff. They have the stars, and those are the teams you're looking at if you're the Hawks. I mean, obviously, you still need to be better than teams like Boston and Miami, but um, I know I know from people in my mentions and Hawks fans, they're really looking at Brooklyn and Milwaukee as the teams that they're um, you know, they're eyeing at this moment. Frustrating that the how, how Brett, I thought the Nets were asset poor. How come they got eight draft picks in a deep draft? And they, still, sign. and they still have DeAndre Jordan somehow on their <sighs> roster, making $10 million to not play a single minute in the playoffs. I don't know. The Nets are weird, too. So, I mean, there's lots of weirdness happening. <laughs> it's still so early. Uh, it'll all sort stuff out. And I, I look forward to your uh, your many rants to come on Eastern teams. I am uh, sad, though, that Orlando made interesting and positive draft picks because I was ready for your just unloading on the Magic if they uh, drafted Scotty Barnes. And they didn't, they didn't do that. So, I was upset about that. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, you know – they at least drafted two guys who could dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, so I'm happy that they, they got some actual offensive talent on that roster now. Um, but uh, I don't know. That roster is still a mess. It, it feels like it's a bunch of young guys who um, just aren't that good, right? Like outside of – like why they I, – I don't know why they paid folks. And because – 
I, I, I just don't understand that one. Let's, but, look, um, let's, look on, let's, let's, let's avoid the, the Orlando rabbit hole for now because that was uh, yeah, that could be a long, a long, long podcast. No, but Suggs Suggs is a good player. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the star that they need, but I mean they got to start. They needed to start somewhere on offense. They couldn't. They were going to draft Scotty Barnes, Brad. Oh, and I, I, I was going to, I, I was going to feel bad for the fans because they they would have deserved better, but they they got lucky. And got Suggs. So I have okay. a uh, I have a I have a cousin who uh, is a Magic fan that lives down there. Um, it follows me on Twitter. He saw uh, a quote tweet of mine about about your Orlando Orlando Red. So I had to explain him. I had I had to explain to him offline your thoughts on the Magic, which he thought were hysterical. So I thought you'd appreciate that. All right, that'll wrap up part one of this two-part podcast. Again, I want to remind you that part two will be dropping Sunday evening into Monday. So that, stay tuned for all of that. Subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next time.